0: Welcome
1: back to Hell, where we talk about terrible people and terrible situations, both worthy of going to hell. I'm your host, Jordan. And I'm your other host, Lainey.
0: I am so excited about today's topic because today's topic storyteller is the lovely Jordan,
1: a.k.a. Lainey Lainey. Don't confuse our listeners already We've had a very long hiatus And now you are just going to Confuse them even more I don't mean Um, to Thank you (laughs) Thank you to all
0: that have been patient about our rebranding We super appreciate it It took a longer process Shout out to our hosting site Captivate Shout out to our new branding site 99designs If you need any type of artistic input i would definitely recommend them they did wonderful it was
1: great easy to use wouldn't you say that laney oh yeah for sure i mean yeah couldn't have asked for easier easier website to go through um i know i recommended it because i seen some of the stuff that they did for my husband's best friend's uh swim team that he's the head coach of so i'm glad i was able to bring that to play and help out we are not sponsored by 99designs no we uh, just really like them <laughs> Yeah, it, we got lots of amazing ideas for our cover and our whole theme of how we wanted it to be. And I I really dig our new art style, the woodcut. I I like it. And I think I it's like easy our brand. To, to brand, to create content with, merchandise in the future, maybe one day. I just can't wait for that day. But it's nice to see you. It's been a long time. We had a whole bunch of back recordings that we recorded a long time ago, awaiting the unveiling of the rebranding. So it's nice to be back. So much has happened. I researched this story literally like two months ago. So I finally get to share it with you. Yay! I'm excited. Yeah, I've been
0: researching just kind of different topics. But um, also with this rebranding, we will be redoing topics that we've done before. But I think that's delicious because... We're gonna have to, like, you, like, Laney will already know this, but we get to kind of evaluate as we go through the stories. And see what progresses through these hellish experiences.
1: Yeah. And noticing, uh, listening back to like all the old episodes and then rehearing the episodes. It's like, oh, that wasn't mentioned before. Or I totally missed this. Because there's been times when I've researched something and then I find new information about that topic like a week later. I'm like, oh my gosh, I really wish that I had included that. So it's really cool that we get to do that. Like there's some things that Jordan did. I I haven't told her this yet. But um, the zombie George Washington episode, we're definitely going to be redoing that Oh, i'm so excited and there's more information that i found out (gasps) about zombie george washington and i'm kind of excited to maybe have a little bit more input this time
0: yeah uh fun fact i found out my high school is built after the capitol building and now when i drive by it i'm like george washington's best friend inspired this (laughs) not the capitol building not the capitol building um well anyway so with that let's just jump in because i know our fans are excited to hear our new topic so laney take it away
1: okay so this story i kind of stumbled upon my so Little little side bit just to get you guys to know a little bit more about me. I'm from Las Vegas, and so my mom currently still lives in Las Vegas. And so every year, we try to do something uh, for Mother's Day. And mm-hmm. so this year, my mom wanted to go to South Carolina. Oh, we're, yeah. Yeah, so we're both trying to conquer all 50 states. Uh, she has more years on me, so she's been to a little bit more. But now I get to scratch off South Carolina on my little uh, 50 states map. So that's exciting. But um I love ghost tours yes. and all the lore and everything like that. And my mom, she's not as insane about it as I am, I will say. But she does enjoy it and she accompanies me on these, <laughs> on these ghost tours. And she likes it, too. Yeah. But, um, we did we did a trolley ride in South Carolina for Mother's Day. And so we're going around uh, Charleston. So we were in Charleston, South Carolina. And on one of the stops on the trolley ride, we ran into this like big octagon uh, building. And it is the old Charleston jail. And so there were like many stories about it. And he was like, oh, kind of... People don't go in there at night, like even our ghost, like uh, what are the tour guides are like freaked out. So then we went on another tour right after the buggy ride or whatever, and it was at the Magnolia Cemetery, which is this beautiful cemetery. But the guy on our the tour guide, he said, uh, "Has anybody been to the Old Charleston Jail?" We're like, "No," but we're going to because we bought like tickets after we saw after the buggy ride. And he was like, Oh, I have these like pictures, and there was these creepy, creepy pictures that he has. He's like, We have a couple people that like some of our tour guides, they don't go in it. It's just, it just has bad, bad, bad juju. Ooh. Yeah. So, of course, I mean, he could just be playing it up, trying to sell some tickets for the Charleston jail tour. You were like, The bad juju know. is calling me. But the bad juju is whispering in my ear, saying, Come forth. Okay. So that's how I stumbled upon this topic i'm stoked about it so let's just get into it i'm excited um, i love
0: when that stuff happens
1: mm-hmm. and it's like oh this would be a perfect story for for the podcast so here i am and here we go so my sources for this topic are of course wikipedia ghostcitytours.com nightlyspirits.com scriptureproject.org com. Ghost Adventures, yes, the Ghost Show. Oh my God! <laughs> and an article by Rebecca Barto, Catherine O'Keefe, and Kelly Robinson, Legends of America. And then also, I just want to give a shout out to—I think it's Bulldog City Tours—that I did the the tours with through, through in Charleston. Yeah, um, I felt so bad for our tour guide through the Charleston Jail because we had some brats on our tour, oh. like. There I don't think there was supposed to be anyone under the age of eighteen on the tour, but we had some like ten, eleven, nine-year-olds. I don't know, but they were like talking over people. Um, I was very irritable on the tour. And our tour guide, like, she did the absolute best that she could and she kept up just really good spirits. So I just wanna <gasps> Good job. Because good job. that was tough. I would have snapped at somebody. Those kids were <laughs> so rude and the parents were rude too obviously they get it from somewhere i blame the parents more than i do the kids but off my little tangent
0: (laughs) off on the tangent of barney catch checked
1: off (laughs) okay so when we think of some of the most haunted locations the first places that come to mind are graveyards Mm -hmm. cemeteries houses or even old psychiatric hospitals but another type of building that houses the same eerie feelings are none other than prisons and old timey jails, like
0: the Alcatraz Nothing. prison.
1: Oh, oh, have you been to Alcatraz?
0: No, I haven't. I want to. Oh,
1: I've done it. I did it my freshman year in high school, but I want to do the. They have like an overnight ghost tour. No, I want to do it so bad. So next time I'm in San Fran, I'm gonna try to do it. Cool. But, okay. So like the infamous Alcatraz, the old Charleston jail located in Charleston, South Carolina, contains lore and an uneasy feeling when walking through its doors. Yikes. In 1680, during the time of Charleston's earliest settlement, four acres of land were set aside for public use. And so public uses included, like, um, it was a hospital at one point, poor houses at one point, and even a workhouse for slaves at one point. Um, and it wasn't until 1802 that the land had its final purpose, housing the land the Charleston Jail would settle upon. And this jail would actually be a functioning facility up until 1939.
0: No way. It stayed there for like almost 300 something years.
1: Well, so 1802 to 1939 was the jail itself. But that land was there for a while is like bad juju because people died on that land they had executions on that land the sick you know because you have to think this is also civil war era as well oh yes people were dying okay in 1822 a renowned architect, his name was Robert Mills, he designed a fireproof sto- uh, four-story wing. But however, in 1852, 50 years after the actual completion of the jail, two architects, uh, Louis J. Barbeau and John H. Sile, they designed a remodel of the jail, creating an additional wing, and they demolished the fourth story of the jail. So this jail looks weird. I'll show you after and we'll post photos to our Instagram for mm-hmm. sure. But it's like an octagon. Yeah, you had said that. So I'm
0: thinking I know like the pentagon obviously. So I'm trying yeah, to think so just a little bit
1: larger yes, than more, the pentagon. More corners for sure. <laughs> more corners. More corners. <laughs> but and it's not it's not very big. Like the jail is is not very large at all. So it's okay. Alcatraz, ginormous. Charleston jail. Not that big. Absolutely not. But unfortunately, in 1886, devastation hit the city of Charleston and an earthquake damaged the prison and many other historic buildings. And the damage was uh, so severe that many of the improvements made were destroyed and had to be removed. And which was really interesting because when we were going on our tour our tour guide is like on the, on the horse on like the carriage ride, he'd be like see these like little like circular metal things that are kinda on um, the outside of the walls mm-hmm. of like the home. So all these homes had these like circular little disc things. Okay. And he goes, they were added during, like after the, the earthquake, to help, I guess that's, like, a metal rod that, like, goes through the home. So, I guess, like, shock absorbent. I really don't know. I can't remember exactly. But um, if you go around Charleston, you would never, like, really notice until someone, like, points it out to you. But, yeah. So, every little, like, house in the Historic District has, like, these, like, little metal discs. And then the Charleston Jail is no exception. So, I'm assuming that they probably added those as well to help with Earthquake. Oh, that's actually really cool. hmm So... Uh, so, the building as it stands today is now three stories tall um, okay. with the octagonal wing still. So, just kind of like a give you a little dive into what it was like inside of the jail. Uh, during the time of its use, the jail had no running water gallows were located outside of its walls on the same property where they would execute their tenants the jail dealt with extreme overcrowding if i remember correctly it was uh, it said it could house about like a hundred criminals and it housed okay. about four times that amount
0: if oh, so, not more oh my god so no running water
1: overcrowded There were gallows that were yeah. like
0: Okay, well, so, like, going. they would
1: execute people, like, on the same property, just right outside. So, I'm sure, like, prisoners would, like, stick their little heads out the little tiny windows and be like, oh, there's there's Tom. I wonder if they watched. Be like, Death. oh, there's our friend. Yeah. My friend. All right. So, like I said, it's three stories tall. So, on the first floor of the jail, this is where the jailers were and the upper class the word gentleman prisoner is thrown around here in my research. Not really sure what that means, but probably a prominent community member.
0: Yeah, I would have to assume that. Like, uh-huh. made. Oh, it would be like Martha Stewart back then, put into <laughs> the jail. <Lindsay> Lohan.
1: <laughs> so, again, this is the first floor. And so, solitary confinement is on the first floor. And so, some idiot thought people should be placed in little coffins standing upright in the complete dark, housed with the other criminals. Imagine a whole room with upright coffins with people screaming and defecating on themselves with no way to sit down. So if you weren't crazy going in, you sure as hell were coming out. Don't coffins open, though? I'm sure they were nailed shut. Okay, okay.
0: Because it was with you I found out that coffins open and caskets are nailed
1: no, coffins are the open... C- yeah, that's what I meant. Caskets are hinges.
0: What? I thought they were nailed in. Okay, anyways. No, cask-
1: c- coffins are the ones that are nailed because it's the coffin. That's right. Whoops. Caskets have hinges.
0: I'm part of the misinformation problem. Continue.
1: <laughs> as long as you're not sharing anything on Facebook, I think you'll be fine. <laughs> okay, so... And also... so. Just going back to the solitary confinement, like we walked into the room where solitary confinement is. No way. Yeah, it's pitch black dark, okay, obviously. It's not very big, not very big at all. And so I just imagine like you are literally inside a very small box for days on end, peeing and pooping on yourself while hearing your neighbors scream that's insane to me. Who thought that was okay? Who approved that? Like, I don't get it. But I, oh, I don't get it either. You would get rashes. Oh God, that's your main rashes. concern. Rashes. That's not my,
0: hold on, that's not my only main concern, but just like <laughs>
1: she thinks about the rashes. <laughs> I'm oh just, yeah, the rashes, man. The rashes are really bad in those coffins, dude. Maybe it was part of the psychological torment. Oh Continue telling me about this. <laughs> So another thing that was downstairs was, of course, the morgue, which was the exit for most. Oh. So on the second floor, we have minor crimes, sex workers, and mostly nonviolent crimes. Okay. Going up to the third floor. (gasps) Oh, the third floor, man. Okay. So this is where your severe crimes were. Um, Okay. This is where your criminally insane were. This is where your murderers and thieves were. Um, the worst of the worst that Charleston has to offer. Um, on this floor, uh, little cages were set up and as many criminals as possible were piled into one three by three cell.
0: Why does that remind me of a kennel, even though it's not?
1: That's basically, I mean, that's a very good um, comparison. Really? But mm-hmm, ah. I mean, yeah, basically, um, like human kennels, I guess. And they can stand upright, I believe, but very crowded. And in the on the third floor cuz we went up to the third floor. You can see like the marks on the ground for where the um uh, people kennels were. Oh, oh the people
0: kennels. Oh. Oh god, I have like weird chills. Oh, yikes. 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 Oh, I'm getting Game of Thrones <laughs> when they like capture people and they're in those like not big enough for them like capture boxes. You know what I'm talking about? Did you ever um, watch Game of Thrones? I
1: watched like half of the first season.
0: Okay, so you don't have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, well anyway. Spoiler. I'm joking. Well, no, but there are like these people cages, and I always remember, like in Shrek.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I've seen Shrek. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so,
0: like in Shrek, okay. Wow. Okay. Why weren't the coffins? I know this is a horrible thing to ask. Why weren't the coffins on the third floor? Instead of the first floor. Cause I feel like space very... probably,
1: like think huh? about space. Spa- think about space. There's probably a lot of murderers and thieves that needed to be housed up top. Okay. Okay. I don't like that reasoning, but. Yeah, but okay. So Charleston has this law, and it basically states that any building that is over 75 years old is a permanent landmark. And it cannot be destroyed Oh So because Charleston jail is well over the 75 year mark It will remain a permanent landmark Unless some like force of nature takes it out So there is no Developer Buying the land and Destroying it and building condominiums On it like Who would? The city will not like allow that to happen They want to keep it? Yeah well it's, it's a historic landmark It's over 75 years old like you can't can't do anything to it
0: oh gosh i mean yeah like i like i understand and at the same time i'm also like "Mm, do you really want the place where people were in human cages and of course of
1: course (laughs) (laughs) well it's history regardless it's still history true 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 so the Charleston Gel is one of more than uh, 1,400 historically significant buildings within the Charleston Old and Historic District. That's like a little area. It's really cute. And it's all vintage and everything. So if you caught on and you were like, wow, 1800s time period, South Carolina, wasn't that like somewhat during the Civil War? Yeah. And if you thought any of these things, you are absolutely right. The Civil War began on April 12th, 1861, and Charleston, South Carolina, was right at the heart of the start of the American War. Um, The Atlantic Ocean port city was extremely important for the Confederate states and to make things short and to really set in how important Charleston was, the war ended only months after the Union forces took over Charleston. So Civil War prisoners were housed at the old jail, and due to overcrowding, many, many people were left outside in makeshift tents, or what have you, and people would call the grounds of the jail alive because of movement they saw in the soil of maggots. Conditions were horrible, and many of those who were dragged onto the property never left. Oh, oh, awful. Awful, awful. Oh, what do you mean? The grounds with maggots would move. Like people, what, what, what is this whole thing you just told me about? Okay. Oh, uh, if you if you think that's worse, just let, wait until I uh, continue to talk about the living conditions inside of the jail. So during this time period, jails and prisons were not exactly the healthiest places to be. Clearly, obviously, even even just staying one to two days could mean a death sentence. The living conditions were damp, unkept, and overcrowded. Common courtesies such as baths, toilets, and guaranteed meals were not something they accommodated. Um, Buckets, at best, were provided for the prisoners to relieve themselves in. It's no surprise that the jail was underfunded and rarely cleaned. And when the prisoners did get food to eat, it often had maggots in their meals. The floors were disgusting and infestation was prevalent. Stories are told saying you could hear the patrol officers walking up and down the halls because you could hear the crunch of the lice being stepped on. Ew. Yeah, I've never had lice and I really don't plan to. Uh, oh,
0: I've never had lice either, but I've never also have heard of a time where lice was prevalent enough to where you could crunch
1: on them and be like, "Oh, look, I just stepped on a pile of lice." Yeah, like just imagine seeing a actual pile of lice. I saw I used to work at daycare and I'll never forget my my ex stepmom was like the director of the daycare and one of these kids, they just they just kept having lice and she was like, "You really need to learn how to check for lice." And she like grabbed the kid and she like separated his hair and then like three lice is lice plural lices lie whatever they are just like, like scurried across his head and it was very repulsive and clearly that memory has stuck with me even eight years later It's gonna stick with me forever now thanks <laughs> but um clearly I, I mean i don't know if i were you and listening to this i'd be like what were there any like famous people that like stayed in the old charleston jail were there oh, any, yeah, like, yeah big crime lords or whatever?" So yes, I think these are more Charleston legends, um, but they do have interesting stories. And I'm going to give a quick timeline of one of the most notorious residents of the Charleston jail, and that is Lavinia and John Fisher. Lavinia Fisher and John Fisher, they married sometime in the early 1800s and owned and operated a hotel called the Six Mile Wayfarer House, which was six miles north of Charleston, South Carolina. Lavinia and John were part of uh, the Six Mile Gang with other members William Hayward, Joseph Roberts, and James McElroy. So back in the early 1800s, inns were placed outside of towns, and they were basically were like rest stops for folks that had been traveling. Remember the Bloody Benders, which we'll redo at another time. So it's kind of like these rest stops. I think Lavinia and John Fisher had a more elaborate uh, place, whereas the Benders had like a single room, Courage the Cowardly Doghouse. But so they... um, They were a place to water and feed your horse, have a bite to eat, and perhaps a bed to sleep in for the night before completing your journey. There may have been some gambling that would take place inside of the inns as well as some other hint, hint, wink, wink extracurricular activities. Are you gonna tell me what those extra sex? Uh, Probably sex. That's a sex. Got it. Got it. But But, 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 the extracurricular activity in the case of Lavinia and John Fisher was murder. Unsuspecting men were lured into a few of the ends to joining like poker games, only to be cheated out of their money by crooked gambling scams. In addition, people were getting other items stolen, such as a cow being stolen out of a pasture. I don't really know, so don't ask, but highwaymen were running rampant and they were hijacking and gambling and just outright stealing from the locals. Rumors began to circulate around the Charleston community and reports were being made to the local sheriff that people had started to go missing after a visit to the 6 Mile House. There wasn't much evidence and because John and Lavinia were they were attractive and they were generally well liked in the community, nothing really ever um, came of the concerns. But eventually, some vigilantes of the Charleston area decided to do their own investigation, and they established a well-armed mob operating under, quote-unquote, Lynch's law, which is basically uh, the punishment of presumed crimes or offenses, usually by death without due process of law, and decided to take matters into their own hands. Like, no one's doing anything about it, so they were like, you know what? We're going to act. We're going to act out. Get the pitchforks. Get the, the fire on the hay. Like... Let's go. I but was the thinking mob- like
0: Batman. Like, yeah, Batman's going to get justice. And then you keep explaining it. And I'm like, that's not Batman. That's the <laughs>
1: wrong kind of Batman. <laughs> that's not Batman. That's not Batman. <laughs> but the mob reached uh, the Six Mile House and they gave the orders of demanding Lavinia and John to vacate or they would set the house on fire. It is unknown what a was exactly said or done, but they left behind a man named David Ross to stand watch in the area. So the vigilante group, they were like, I choose you, David Ross, to stand out here and watch watch the house. I don't know where the, the mob was going. I don't know if they went to go get police officers. I don't know if they went to go get more like whatever it is. But all we know is that David Ross was left behind. And the next morning, David Ross was attacked by two men and Lavinia Fisher. And so I'm assuming that these two men were obviously probably men from that six-mile gang. gang. David looked at Lavinia for help as he was being brutally attacked. Um, It's because I don't think that he associated her with With the gang members. Yeah, so he probably thought it was just these two people attacking him and she just so happened to be there. Um, But instead of helping him, she choked him and then Ah. smashed his head through a window what yeah but good news somehow ross was able to escape and he notified the authorities yeah good news but you still got your face smashed through a window hey he has a story to tell but around the same time this guy named john peoples other sources say it's peoples i don't know so i'm just going to call him peoples. peoples but he was traveling from georgia to charleston and he stopped at the six mile house to see if they had a room the beautiful and charismatic Lavinia greeted him by stating that they didn't have a room available, but invited him in for some food and tea instead. Run away. Mm-hmm. Run away. So John Peoples, he chatted with Lavinia and he was noticing that John Fisher was kind of giving him like these odd glances and mm-hmm. he decided to ignore. He's like, whatever. I don't understand what's going on, but it's cool. Um. So he was answering all of Lavinia's questions. And before he knew it, Lavinia was like, oh, there's a room available for you. All right. Cool. And so he continued chatting with her and she poured him some tea, even though he did not like the tea. He was like, oh, thank you for the tea. Trying to be like a, a nice, nice guest. Yeah. To be like a nice guest. And he um he didn't. He didn't just like leave the tea untouched. He was like, mmm, delicious and like threw it over her shoulder or something. I don't know. <laughs> so he poured it out when she wasn't looking and that honestly saved his life. So afterward, Lavinia showed him to his room and he began to wonder why she was asking him so many questions. He suddenly felt uncomfortable with how much information he shared and began to worry if he would be a target for robbery. So John Peoples decided he would feel more comfortable sleeping in the chair by the door rather than in the bed. And so he was like, I don't know. Something's like sketching me out like this. I don't know. So I'm just going to sleep in the chair, not the bed and whatever. So he fell asleep. And then he was awoken by a loud noise. He looked around for where the noise may have been coming from. And he looked at where the bed was. He realized that the bed was missing and he found it had disappeared into a deep hole under the floor. So startled by this, John was like, I can only imagine what was was going on through his head. So he quickly jumped out the window, got on his horse, and he fled to uh, the authorities in Charleston. So he woke up from his chair nap, heard a loud noise,
0: looked up and the bed's gone and there's like a hole where they had a trap door for beds basically yeah oh my god
1: the time the effort continue what the heck Mm -hmm. so on february 18th 1819 um when Lavinia and john were just 28 and 27 years old so like our age they were arrested for assault on david ross and for the suspicion surrounding what had happened to john people's Two other members of the gang were also arrested. Did they point at the bed hole? Were they like, look? Well, so, 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 the six mile wayfarer house was thoroughly searched and the grounds were dug up. It was filled with hidden passages. The sheriff reportedly found items that could be traced to dozens of travelers, a tea laced with an herb that could put someone to sleep for hours, a mechanism that could be triggered to open the floorboards beneath the bed, and in the basement, as many as a hundred set of remains. Oh my God! It they like set this house
0: up. They had an operation.
1: But think Holy about what cow. the technology was like back in eighteen nineteen. Like not good. So they may have had to have been done with like ropes and pulleys or something. I don't know. They put a lot of effort. So they were indicted for assault with intent to murder. Good. Or were they indicated? I don't know, excuse me. I put indicated, indicted, indicated. I don't know. Either way, they were indicated for assault with intent to murder and for common assault on David Ross on May 10th, 1819. And the trial for their crimes began on May 27th of the same year. Both Lavinia and her husband, of course, pled not guilty. They were (laughs) sentenced to death by hanging on June 2nd, 1819. Do
0: they have a defense? Oh, we just, you know, our beds just get so It wasn't me.
1: It wasn't me. It wasn't me. We didn't set this out. We We didn't didn't build this this house. We didn't build this house. It was trapped there. We bought it. They've been there. So during the wait, um, they occupied themselves by making a plan to escape. So housed together in a jail that was not really heavily guarded, they began to make a rope from jail linens. On September 13th, they put their plan into place and used the rope to drop down to the ground. John made it out, but okay. the rope broke, leaving Lavinia trapped in the cell. Not willing to go on without his wife, he returned to the jail, and the two were uh, afterward kept under much tighter security. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so sweet. He's all like, "I don't want to go without her. I'll just sorry. We just tried to escape, but the but the rope broke. So just (laughs) he just like walks in. He's like, "Hey guys, they're like,
0: what are you doing out? Listen, um, listen, I made a
1: mistake."
0: (laughs) My wife is still stuck here. Can I go back with her?
1: <laughs> I I wonder. I wonder. Like, let's say roles were reversed. Let's say Lavinia dropped down first and then the rope broke. Do you think Lavinia would have returned herself in? No. Because her husband couldn't go? No, right?
0: No. I think she no. would have left, come up with some kind of... Planned, but I don't think she. I don't know. I don't see her coming back and being like, Hey, can you put me back where I was? My husband's still in there.
1: I'd be gone. I want to be real. (laughs) Um, Ricky would be stuck. (laughs) Oh, Ricky. Yeah, no, I'd be gone. I'd be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Love you. I'll find a way. Don't worry. I'll be back. (laughs) Yeah, but really, where's the? It's a port city. Hop on that. Hop on the nearest (laughs) boat. I don't care. I'd be gone. Sucks to suck. I'll find a new husband. Sorry, Ricky. I love you. Oh my God. (laughs) But so John and Lavinia were sent to spend the rest of their days on the third floor of the Charleston jail. Lavinia and John were in separate jail cells. And remember, these are only three by three, and Mm -hmm. you can still see the markings on the ground to this day. So it's real. But Lavinia was on one side of the room. And John was on a complete opposite side of the room. And because these were the worst of the worst prisoners Mm -hmm. and a female antagonist was so rare, she was housed with other men in her three by three cramped cell. No one knows for sure what had happened to her in the cell, but we can all, I think, put the pieces together. A beautiful woman stuck in a small cell with grody villains John had to listen to her screams and pleas from across the room, utterly helpless to protect his wife.
0: Still awful person, but awful thing. Mm-hmm. I Yikes. I don't know how to feel about that. I, I feel too much about that.
1: I don't think that's right.
0: I don't think it's right either. That's...
1: Because, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, Like, if no. you killed
1: someone, then you get hung, but you don't get this extra, like, psychological torment that goes along with yeah, what he yeah. had to do.
0: No, I agree. I agree. Oh, God.
1: But in February of 1820, the Constitutional Court rejected their appeal and their execution was scheduled for later that month. Mm-hmm. A local minister named Reverend Richard Furman was sent in to counsel the pair if they so wished. John freely talked to Furman and is said to have begged the priest to save his soul, if not his life. However, the cruel Lavinia would have nothing to do with the reverend. No I just see their remorse. personalities. Yeah, she definitely would not have waited for him or gone back for him. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely see it now.
1: incapable of love. But on the morning of February 18th, 1820... The Fishers were taken from the Charleston jail to be hanged on the gallows behind the building. John Fisher went quietly praying with the minister whom he had asked to read a letter before a crowd of some 2000 people, obviously, because this was like Judge Judy back in the day and they had no other form of entertainment. The, The letter insisted on his innocence and he asked for mercy for those who had done him wrong in the judicial process. He then began to verbally plead his case before the gathered crowd, but before he was hanged, uh, he did ask for their forgiveness. Like, just admit that you did it, you know? Like, just, just admit that you yeah. did it. Like, you're gonna get hung. Just give the people the peace so they just, you know? Yeah. I wonder
0: what he was thinking these 2,000 strangers. One of them's gonna stick up for me with no. this letter <laughs> and... Oh that's so that's so grody that people still show up for those kind of things. Yeah, dude, you should just said, you know what? I did my crime. Now it's time to do the time or something. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like his wife definitely did not do the same.
1: No. So Lavinia did not go as quietly as her husband, Shocker. She requested to be hung wearing her wedding dress and refused to walk herself to the gallows. She was picked up and carried while she ranted and raved the duration of the walk. It reminds me of like Shrek carrying Fiona. I have the Shrek <laughs> reference, y'all. But he's like, "I'm gonna save you," and he, she's like, pounding his back and, he's and everything. Like, no, 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 no. And, no, no. She, and then she just like gives up. up by the end, and she's just scared. But that's what it reminds me of. Once she got to the gallows, she continued to scream, blaming the Charleston socialites for her conviction. Yeah, that's it. Lavinia stood tall, and before the executioners could tighten the noose around her neck, she yelled to the crowd if you have a message you want to send to hell give it to me i'll carry it then 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 before the executioners were even given a chance she jumped off the scaffold herself (laughs) and remember they did not get the chance to tighten the noose around her neck so it was there but it was not tightened so not quite reaching the ground and without the noose being tightened to quickly do the job, she dangled down into the crowd, having a slow, painful death.
0: Oh, it hurts. It hurts everywhere. Onlookers oh, later. Now
1: yeah. yeah, they watch. That's the whole fucking point. Oh <laughs> ew, she's like a piano Did I say that right? Pinata? Pinata. Did you say piñata? Maybe. Oh my god, Jordan. We need to get you out more. <laughs> but that's oh that's so crazy that's
0: so crazy and they just circled i I can see i feel like i can see them just circle and are just dangling there and they're just watching do you think kids were there probably oh god the old town was a family affair oh guys kites are fun too families you know Balls. But onlookers
1: onlookers would later say that they have never seen such a wicked stare that was on Lavinia's face. So now, just want to say that Lavinia and John were sentenced to death for a highway robbery, which was a capital punishment back then. Okay. Historical records do not indicate that there were hundreds of remains found in the Fisher's basement. Yes, there were a few bodies dug up on the property, but none were 100% tied to the Fisher's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, Lavinia's title of the first female serial killer in the United States may just be a fluke. Oh. And of course, ghost stories appear around any legend and lore, you know? So we don't know if this is like true, 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 or if some have and some blah, blah, blah. There's some embellishments on it, mm-hmm. you know? So we kind of just take it as it is. It's a fun story. Uh, but. Maybe they didn't do it. Who knows?
0: I know. Knows? Watch them buy a house and they didn't realize they were doing that to all their friends. <laughs> that would suck. But the I don't know. Just kind of the, the way she's acting. John, John and her seem an interesting pair. And John seemed to have more of a moralistic...
1: Well, I imp- think John liked her more than she liked John.
0: Yeah. Man, I just... She just went hardcore. Oh, ah, just there's the- more.
1: There's more. There's Tell more. Me. So not more with Lavinia and Fisher. That story is mm-hmm. is done. But there are two other people that I do want to mention, um, a little bit more briefly, not as in depth as Lavinia and John. But there is a man, um, and I just kind of want to recognize real quick. His name was Denmark Vesey. Um, he also spent time in the Charleston jail. He was, from what I remember, I'm not going to get into deep into this because I can't, I can't do his story justice. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was, he was a slave, Mm -hmm. and I believe that he won the lottery or something, and he got out of slavery, like he bought his own freedom or something. But they wouldn't, okay, they wouldn't sell him like his family.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Does that ring a bell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's common. That's common during the Civil War era. So. Yeah, but he stood up for his people and I mean, he's definitely a protagonist, not an antagonist, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, maybe one day I'll do a whole story on on Denmark Vesey, but I didn't want to try to squeeze it all Mm -hmm. into this one because he deserves his own episode for sure. But I just wanted to put a little pin in Denmark Vesey was one of the people who had a had a stay at the Charleston Hotel. Um. Another famous person who stayed at the jail. He didn't <laughs> die at the jail, but he did have a time there. And his name was Jacques Alexander Tardy. Hmm. So he is better known as Tardy the Pirate. He was a Frenchman <laughs> and one of the most evil pirates of his time. It sounds like <laughs> a storybook. I I don't <laughs> pirates being a real thing is just so bizarre to me it's just not part of our culture but man your name is (laughs) tardy the pirate (laughs) tardy the pirate uh he was known for his blue velvet frock coat and for being small of stature with fine features and dark complexion at the time of his death he had gray hair and he wore dentures and there were many instances of tardy being a jerk but i'll just stick to the mentions of just south carolina and charleston Mm mm-hmm So on December 3rd, Tardy was released from a prison and boarded a ship called Maria, which was bound for Charleston, South Carolina. On board, he poisoned Captain Latham and seven other passengers by putting arsenic in the hash served for breakfast on the morning of December 7th. I feel like poisoning was very common back in the day. It's easy. Tardy claiming to be a doctor. I guess it was just that easy. Like, I am a doctor. But he advised the use of castor oil and abstaining from water to everyone. John Benjamin from North Carolina was thought to have drunk water and died within 24 hours as a result. Tardy accused the ship's cook, John Gibson, of the poisoning. John Gibson was actually tried for this and convicted of the crime in Charleston. He was hung, hanged March 4th, 1817, still protesting his innocence. So he got someone... Committed or convicted or whatever. Oh God! By October of that year, he was in Charleston, South Carolina. This time, advertising himself as a dentist. I didn't even know they had <laughs> dentists. They had people who were <sighs> trying to be dentists. They're like, oh, your tooth hurts. We should probably pull that out with no anesthetic at all. But, yeah, because that gave me some pliers. T- and I'll just yank it out.
0: You're strong enough. You live during this time period. You know the roughness.
1: That's what that like old timey dentists like really freak me out. It's like a nightmare. On November 18th, 1825 at 9 p.m. Tardy attempted to steal a pilot boat named Cora from the dock in Charleston with the aid of two of the boat's crew members. The owners of the boat, William Copes and Delaney, ambushed him during the attempt (laughs) Hardy fired two pistols at them in an attempt to escape. March 3rd, 1825, he was convicted of conspiracy to steal a pilot boat and sentenced to two years in the old Charleston jail. That's just a brief overview of him. Perhaps at another time, I'll go into more depth since he is dubbed pretty evil and deserving of being on this podcast. Yeah. But I just thought it's just, it's just so absurd, you know? Like I like just... the
0: description of him. He's small. His blue coat. He's oh, tiny. he's convincing.
1: He has short man syndrome. Oh, Napoleon syndrome. So to wrap it up, uh, after the jail's closing. So the jail did close, obviously, in 1939. Obviously but it was purchased by the housing authority of Charleston and it remained empty uh, during the following decades until the uh, American college of the building arts. They acquired it in 2000 and in October of 2016, the college relocated to a restored trolley barn on upper meeting street. But yeah, it was like an art school for a little bit and on the walls Of the Charleston jail, there's, like, these weird, like, they look like imprints of, like, monkey bodies. And on our tour, like, one of the little bratty kids was, like, what's that? And I was, like, I think that's from, like, when that was an art school. And then, sure enough, when I was watching the Ghost Adventures episode, they talk about it being a a school. And there's, like, people, like, working on, like, wood carving or welding or whatever. So, yeah, imagine, like, all right, got to go to school. And it's inside the old Charleston jail. do they I, I
0: hope they put that on their
1: pamphlets. Probably, you can't miss it.
0: <laughs> but um, no good artist came out of that school.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sure they're awesome. But uh, so a couple stories that I heard on the Bulldog Tour. So uh, our tour of the lady, like our tour guide at the actual prison she showed this video of um someone recording a video and it's this black mass like moving. It looks like it's like crawling on all fours and it's like moving across the screen. And it's there one moment and then not there and then there another moment and then she like slows it down to see like I don't know. It's really creepy, really weird. Doesn't make any sense. I don't know what kind of editing could do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes no sense. Um there's another photo that we saw from our magnolia cemetery tour guide and it's a it's called the red room and i think they have i don't know if it's like a fire like light or something but it's just like this red room and they took a picture inside the red room and it's all these like just shadow like black shadow figures like just outlines of heads and bodies just like in the room so that was creepy again don't know if that's real or not i'm not claiming it is you said the word creepy so nonchalant
0: and i'm sitting here like oh god shadows
1: (laughs) so another instance was uh one of the tour guides they did a tour they closed up by themselves and they were like locking a door or something and a brick flew off the wall and flew across the room and hit him in the head and they had to go to the hospital And they stopped doing tours. They're like, "Mm, I'm good. No, thank you. We'll not be giving any more tours. I agree. I'm not on that board that
0: decides that. But you know what? Here, here.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, that is the whole history of the old Charleston jail. I hope that if anybody from South Carolina or from Charleston is listening to the podcast, I hope I did it justice. Definitely reach out to us. If I miss anything or if you have any cool personal stories, I would really love to hear it. Our Instagram handle is at hellbound history. I think that's it yeah Um, i think
0: that's it that was so good i can't get the coffin thing out of my head though like i'm going to be honest i may mm -hmm. go to sleep tonight in my dream i'm going to be in one of those coffins
1: i hope not i hope
0: that in my dreams now if i really become in one of those coffins that would be really scary i still can't (laughs) get over the trap door that must have taken so much time they must have had to test it out i just like
1: to see the logistics of it since it's so old right oh my gosh great job thank you thank you it's a pleasure being back with everybody and same we miss everybody hopefully Um, i don't talk too fast i know i talk very fast so i'm working on that everybody so be patient with me leave us leave us a review um give us a star rating leave us a review for some reason it matters so reach out to
0: us on our instagram we love talking to y'all
1: Yeah. If you have any suggestions, please shoot us a DM. As always, we love suggestions. Like our Lobster Boy episode, that was a suggestion. Um, Yeah, we're really open to hear it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. We'll see you next time in hell. Bye, guys.